first time I met Grief, he showed up as the color black. I know. He was all shadow, he was all smoke, he was all cloudy. He was smoky, like a cigarette, like a smoker's throat. He was groggy, he was croaky, he was cracking in my own throat. How laughter, laughter would turn into sadness, grief. Grief made me feel crazy make me look like the color white that was blinding. All I could see was tears. All I could see was escape. All I could feel was black and gray. Inside of my throat, I would try to sing, but nothing but coughing came out grief. Grief showed up like purple. It bruised, it bruised my memories. It bruised all of my tomorrows. Like when I think about my future, all I can see are spots where my father should be. All I can see are spots where my grandmother should be. All I see are bruises. All I see is ache like I can't even hold my ima imaginary baby without feeling pain like, like somebody else is supposed to be here. Grief. Grief is gray. Grief. It has no form. It has no form, but it takes over everything. Like how how you ain't got hands, but you holding on to me this tightly. Like like how you ain't got no feet, but but your feet is on my neck. Like how how you ain't got no body, but you're holding me in your chest. Grief, grief is hungry. Grief, grief is never full. Grief has no bottom. It's always wanting. It's always taking. Grief, grief is selfish. Grief doesn't think of me. Like on a good day, grief sits down and says, I want you to have tea with me. Grief, grief never considers how I might feel on a Sunday morning. Grief, grief is selfish. Grief always wants the spotlight. Grief, grief is the ignorant child in the corner going, look at me, look at me. Grief, grief never is considerate of others. It's always taking. Grief is impatient, like when it wants to cry, it wants to cry right now. Doesn't care about makeup, doesn't care about an audience. Grief says, I know you feel me, I'm here. Grief is a monster. Grief. Grief sleeps in closets, beneath beds, behind laughter, behind smiles. Grief, grief ain't got no time. Grief doesn't clock out, but he's always on time when it's time for him to clock in. Grief, grief thinks he's God. He may not show up when you want him to, but he's always coming. Grief is just like God. He gives out of an abundance. Grief, grief is never done, but grief. Grief is also the color of yellow. Like, I hope I keep this burn because it keeps everyone I love alive. I heard someone say grief is just all of the love I didn't have time to give. So I hope, I hope these shadows keep coming into my Sunday mornings. I'm learning. I'm learning that grief doesn't go away. We simply grow around it. So I'll take grief. I'll feed it to my unborn child. And hope, I hope you have the laughter of your father. I hope you have the joy of your grandfather. I hope you have the humor of your grandmother. I will hold on to grief. It reminds me that they were alive, that they were here. Grief has a heartbeat. Grief has a pulse. Grief is a blessing. Grief is a reminder. Never lived. Grief is a reminder that you were loved so well that even when they left, you could still feel it. You could still hear it. Grief is not selfish. Grief simply wants to be wants to be wants to know that you still care, wants to know that you consider who I took away from you, wants to know that you still have a reason to live. Though there's no body presently, grief still takes on form. 
it simply melts into our skin, into our heartbeat, so I was saved with her. I learned to call this monster friend. Okay. This is Molly from Molly with the Most Podcast, and you are now listening to the Chronicles of Divine Destiny. All right. Hey, y'all. <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of Chronicles of Divine Destiny Podcast. I'm so glad you guys are back. <laughs> I'm going to celebrate you every week. I appreciate you all for taking time out today listening to my podcast because you could be doing so many other things, but you're not and you chose to listen to me. So, hey, <laughs> um, I just want to say thank you all. Um, I do want to share that um, I'm in a better mood today. Um, as you all know, grief has just been tough on me. I've been dealing with it. Um, I'm learning to grieve well, even though some days grief just take a toll of me. Um, today, December 12th, is the two-year anniversary of the funeral of my grandmother. And um, of course, Facebook and other photos were reminding me of that day. And um, it definitely had me in a bit of in my feelings. Um, I just, you know, <laughs> around the holidays, it starts soon as October start my birthday month, all the way to Christmas is always just a struggle. And, um, my heart goes out to any and everyone, um, that is dealing with grief. And also December 13th is the anniversary of my Aunt Mona that passed away. I did an episode for her too, as well, because, she is someone that um I've just can't I've never not had her in my life and she even was a listener to my podcast as well and um I'm still in disbelief about her passing I know that she's no longer here but I have yet to accept it um my way of dealing with her passing is really not seeing her kids and going around them and especially Rochelle, you know, my, her oldest daughter. And, um, it's just really hard And the holidays, you know, Christmas is supposed to be about celebrating the birth of Jesus. You know, this is what I believe in, you know, and, um, it's just a real sad time for my family on both sides. Um, Aunt Mona was not my grandmother's daughter, um, she's my mom's sister on her dad's side, just to give you a little history. But, um, she loved my grandmother. Like, I just cannot think of a time my aunt has not been near. <laughs> Even when my mom, grandmother passed, no other sibling on my mom, father's side, my aunt Mona made her way there. And when I got to the church, she was the first face I saw. I didn't even see my other family. Like, she was the first face I saw. And my heart just exploded because that's just the type of person she is. She is your ride or die. Um, She got your back. (laughs) Like, yo, she's just a dope. She's one of my favorite aunts. Her and my Aunt Tracy, hands down, are my favorite aunts. I love all my aunts, but those two are top tier in, in my book. 
<laughs> because I don't care what I've been through in life, whatever, they've been there for me. And um, I'm grieving her as well. And my heart just aches for her kids because I don't know what it's like to lose a mom. You know, so yeah. And my heart goes out to everyone right now that's dealing with any type of grief and hurt and you know if I knew the words to say definitely I would say them but you know I don't even know the words to say to myself when I'm going through it but you're I'm definitely praying for those who are you know going through a hard time right now before the Christmas holidays it is definitely a tough one I'm I'm trying to create my own tradition (laughs) Um, usually I will go to New Jersey Christmas Eve and we go to my Aunt Tracy's house and we have a Christmas Eve party and we have an amazing time (laughs) and um it's always memorable we get our gifts from Aunt Tracy then Christmas morning you know go to mommy house and we do like we do karaoke like my family we love karaoke (laughs) and we do karaoke for hours and I mean literally like a work shift and it's non-stop too and we be turned the whole time it's just we just have have a ball so I'm trying to create my own memories and prayerfully one day I will have a home of my own and I can invite family over like I would be I would love for each year that we just take turns going to each other's house and you know do um make our new traditions our new normal and um yeah I am in a better place today um I'm definitely being obedient to God um I just want to share a little bit just where I'm at and um I hope I am not boring you all with my uh <laughs> relationship woes and but I mean this is this is real like this is real life this is things that happen this is things that's happening to me in my 40s this is a learning experience and I'm learning and growing through each episode and if you could see I noticed my growth from each one <laughs> to now but um you know you guys know my journey of uh, heartbreak that I've been dealing with, and I'm—I will say I'm—I'm I'm getting to a point where I'm—I'm I'm in a good space. I'm not in a great space, but I'm in a good space. I'm—I'm I'm accepting um, my responsibility for the situation because um, I knew better, <laughs> but um, I was noticing that I was feeling the void. So, um, you know, I decided to be honest with myself and say, you know what, Destiny, you do desire to be married. You do desire to have a spouse. You do desire to, you know, have a family of your own one day. These are things that you want to do. So I took it upon myself to uh, start online dating. As you guys know, I am an introverted woman. I really don't like going out like that I don't mind like with my friends and stuff and we go out and do things I don't mind that but you know I'm not good at dating or whatever this my dating history has been I mean a person talks to me we talk for like a couple of days or so and we decide that we're boyfriend girlfriend and then we figure it out (laughs) that's been my dating history 
so I decided to open up a few profiles. I and I'm gonna share with you because you, if you've been following me for a minute, you know I've done the online dating before, and I can honestly say I do not like it. <laughs> Mainly because I get unsolicited photos that I don't want a lot of times. Um, I get like these crazy extra Christian deep people want to know why I'm wearing this and why I'm doing whatever. Um, and to be honest, and I really hate that I'm about to say this, but I guess I don't hate it because I'm about to say it. But some of the picking of people who choose me, <laughs> I'm like, I have to look in the mirror like, okay, God, um, am I that bad looking? Like, do I look like, <laughs> I mean, they just bold with it. So I just be like, yo, some of these dudes is like, just not on my level. <laughs> and you know, I hate to say that because you guys know I've shared how I struggle with my self-esteem and thinking that I'm beautiful and stuff like that and accepting my looks and everything because men has been very horrible to me. I know y'all don't think that, but if you've been following me, you know, I've had men try to sleep with my best friends more than once, my friends, my family choosing people, you know, them over me telling me I'm cute for a big girl, telling me I'm ugly, like all kinds of stuff. So if I'm in a place now that I understand that I'm not for everybody, but I am for a lot of people. <laughs> and um, yeah, so some of the people that be kind of hit me up, I'd be like, baby, did you look at yourself and look at me and really thought that we could be, but um, yeah. So I opened up a few profiles and I got a lot of numbers, like quickly. And it's just crazy. It's funny to me, and I guess, I don't know, something in my mind that make me feel like that online dating is like we feel like we're desperate. It's like when you get to that point that you're just desperate. I think I'm more of an old-fashioned type of woman. I kind of want things to happen organically like we meet. Like you see me at the store, and you like, hey, you know. <laughs> but, you know, I have to get that out of my mind. That's the issue. I, I, I'm obsessed with the notebook. I'm obsessed with Love Jones. I'm obsessed with the wood and all this and boom, you know, just all these love stories that are fictional and these men are nothing like they're just fictional characters. And I'm not saying life cannot be that good, but you know, I gotta be understanding. So we're all out here looking for love. And um yeah, so I decided to do that because I'm like, you know, I am ready for love, but am I? So I'm going to get to that point. So out of all the guys that I get their number from, I decided to reach out and talk to this one gentleman named Clyde. And I am very happy I had the conversation with him <laughs> because he had a lot of questions and I've never... I could say he needs to be like uh <laughs> he needs a class on how to date online because he had when I say this man had about 50 questions and I'm glad that he asked me these questions because it helped me to realize that I don't know how to date and that I'm not really good at dating and um he I can't remember I'm, I'm just not gonna go through all the questions because I'm trying to make it Anyway, just some of the questions that he asked. He was just like, you know, what am I, you know, online for? What am I looking for? And I told him, I said, you know, I had not been in a relationship. Actually, when the last time I've been in a relationship? I was like 2010. 
and he was like oh so you just had some <laughs> friends with benefits in the meantime and I was like no <laughs> he was like so what have you been doing I said I haven't been doing anything so for him that was like okay yeah, I knew from after we had that part of the conversation, she kind of was like over me, but he still wanted to continue the conversation. So he said, so what you been doing? I said, well, I've been practicing abstinence during that time. And he was like, you're lying. I was like, no, I'm not. I'm not lying. He was like, oh my God. Um, okay. So he's like, so you know, why you wait so long having a relationship? And I was like, cause I kind of just was over, man. I was like, just being honest. I wanted to really connect with God and, um, my journey and so forth. And he was like, Oh, so he, then he paused. <laughs> it was like, have you thought about joining Christian mingle? <laughs> he was like, um, I think men on there would be more of your speed and more of what you're looking for. And I was like, you know what? Um, yeah, I have, but the picking of men up there is not really great. And I'm sorry, like a lot of these Christian sites, <sighs> these guys, <laughs> it's just really bad. And if you were my friend, you would definitely see how they look. I, it's just really bad. Like some of the guys, I see why they're on there. <laughs> I just hate to sound like I know I'm not the best looking thing ever, but some I'm like, yeah, they kind of need to be online dating, and they be hitting me up too, thinking like they got a chance, but not a chance at all. So you know, I felt I was cracking up when he said something about that, and, and I explained to him like my reason being why I don't really be up there like that. And uh, and this is Facebook dating I'm talking about, which is probably good because I mean it's good because it's free. And once you match with somebody, you can message them or whatever. So forth. So he asked me, was I happy? And this was like actually the anniversary of my grandmother passing. So I told him, I said, well, at the moment I'm dealing with grief. So I'm not really happy with myself. And he, we shared our grief story. He had a friend that was close to him that passed away. So you know, that was a really good conversation. And um, he just asked me, like, I don't think he really liked what I did for a living. And that kind of discouraged me a little bit because I noticed a lot of the men that were hitting me up, they have, like, really good jobs. And I have, like, a bunch of jobs. <laughs> so, you know, I felt kind of insecure about that. He was working from home. He has a government job. And, um, yeah. So I told him what I did, and I don't think he really liked that, but it's cool. I wasn't expecting him to be my man anyway. Then <laughs> he asked me, like, what was my preference? And I told him. <laughs> I was like, oh, anybody that looked like Idris Alba. <laughs> like, why would you ask me that? That's my preference. I don't mean I'm going to get that. And I said, what's so crazy? Like, I have really good taste in men, but what I choose to date, they never look as good as what I really like. So yeah and I was like yeah I like kind of like tall men I prefer tall men I said because I'm a tall woman so I prefer a tall man I said but I will date someone shorter than me not like Kevin Hart short but short and he was like oh, okay he said well you must don't care how tall I am so when he said that I was like well I kind of went quickly to his pace and I saw he didn't have his height showing and I think he did that for a reason 
So I said, well, how tall are you? He was like, oh, I'm about 5'8 or whatever. And then I was like, oh, that's not bad. I've dated someone 5'8 or whatnot. And he was like, oh, okay, well, we just started talking again. And then um, he was like, well, you know, what are your take on so far on about the online date? And I said, well, I really don't know. I was like, it's okay. Like, I said, I mean, people are hitting me up. And he was just kind of like, you know, online dating is very quick. It's easy. Um... He said, because, like, if someone go ghost you or, you know, you just move on to next or somebody you don't like, you just move over to next. And I was like, you know what? That's true. And he was just saying, like, um, you know, sometimes you'll find people who are busy and blah, blah, blah. So I was like, well, my theory on that is you're never too busy. Like, you make time for who you want to make time for. And he said that's not true because if you are dealing with someone with kids they can't just make time for you but I feel like they still can but I don't have kids so I don't know so educate me moms out there if you feel like um he's right he was saying like you know some women don't want the men around their kids right away and they got you know activities with the kids they're active they're doing stuff so they don't have time he's saying the only time they may have time may be a phone call here and there but not actually to see them but I said well to me that's still making time even if they give you a phone call like spending time is not always in person so I think so you know he was telling me about that and was just saying like you know it's easy to block someone and move on and you know so forth or whatever and just we had this a really long time I think we talked for like an hour or so and then it was like once we kind of figure out that it would go no more from there he was kind of like well you know you can hit me up when you want and I was just like, okay, but we kind of knew that we weren't going to talk no more after that. But I'm glad out of all the people I decided to call, he was someone that I called. Because talking to him really helped me realize that I have no clue on what dating is and how to date. And even though I've read the books, I've been to the, the pro, uh, I've been to single stuff. Like, I have an idea of what dating is like as a Christian woman, but um, don't air quotes that y'all can't see, but <laughs> I don't know how to date. And like I said earlier, it's like, I meet a person, we talk on the phone, then like a week later, we boyfriend and girlfriend, and we just figure it out. And I know, like, it's all about getting to know the person. It's about um, getting to know the person. <laughs> Like, you know, just with me, I will share just as um, a Christian woman, we, as, as my belief says, we're supposed to save ourselves to marriage or whatever. And pretty much dating is for marriage, to lead to marriage. I mean, I know people kind of go through people or whatever. It's, it's just different things with dating and whatnot. So uh, basically your goal, if you're going to be dating is to be married. But you have to save yourself in the meantime. And um, <laughs> so, yeah, so I realized that um, talking to him that I don't know how to date. I realized that I've never had a good relationship because we kind of talked about like relationships that we had in the past. And, you know, I've shared on my podcast that I, I thought I had at least one. But, you know, when I really, really, like, sit back and think about it like I've been doing lately, I've never had a good relationship. Um, everything started quickly. Um, it either I stayed too long or it started quickly and it ended quickly. 
Um, so yeah, I realized that all the relationships I've ever had, and I've only had five boyfriends, you know, and each time I was the one going over and beyond each time like I would make all the sacrifices like I think about one relationship in particular like I you know we were together four years it was long distance four years which in a way kind of worked for us but it didn't but it's like okay we're at our fourth year at this time it's time for us to move together it's time for us to do something like what are we going to do and um you know, I was willing to make the move. He was not. And he never asked me to move to where he was at either. So, you know, it's like, okay. Like, I'm always making these huge sacrifices for men. But no one is doing it for me. And it's like, I'm a good woman. Everybody that I've ever dated, they will tell you, I'm a good woman. Like, she does what she needs to do far as keeping the house clean like cooking and doing everything like I'm good in that but my mouth they can't take my mouth like I have a terrible mouth and anybody I do like at times I know y'all think I probably don't because I'm laughing and stuff but baby when I don't like something (laughs) I'm very direct I don't cut no corners no cut cards I'm just gonna say how I feel I'm better in that area I'm not 100% great but I'm better in that area and Especially dealing with grief, I've been a lot more uh, vocal than I used to be. But, um, yeah, I've just been giving a lot of myself and not really receiving anything in return, which is not good. So, you know, so I really just took time out. And just having a conversation with him just had me to really just have these deep conversations with God about my life because you know this last situation definitely whipped me like a a a slave (laughs) up against the wall like lashes 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 I just don't know like I don't know how to describe it but one thing I do know I ain't like it and it won't happen no more like I'm one person I ain't gonna keep letting it happen once I'm out I'm out like I'm done with it I don't even know who that person is. (laughs) Even though I do, but trust me, if somebody asks me or he's even trying to talk to me, I'm going to act just like I don't know him. And that's just God's honest truth. I'm working on forgiveness because, you know, he did me dirty. He did do me dirty. And I didn't deserve what he did to me because my intentions were good each time that I ever dated. When I wasn't even dating him this time because he pretty much told me, you know, we wasn't together but anyway <laughs> he was telling me we wasn't together but he was doing other stuff like we were together like we holding hands we you know all that stuff like we're together but we wasn't but my intentions were pure and they were good and they was never misleading or anything either time so I'm good with that but I no longer know him <laughs> I pray for him though and I wish him the best wink wink if y'all saw my post that I put up. But I, I, I'm i getting to a better place with it. I'm not even going to ramble any long on it. Because I'm done talking about it. And I'm moving on. But um, yeah. As I was saying. It allowed me to really dig into deep. With what I want to do with um, me. And like how I need to change. And ask, when the thing that sticks out to me the most. When we were having our conversation. Was him asking me. Was I happy? 
And like I said, I'm I'm not happy. And it's not just because of grief, but I've never experienced true love from a man. I've never experienced it. I don't know what it feels like to be properly loved by a man. I've never had a good relationship, so I don't know. I know what it is, and I know what to look for. That's why I've been saving myself for all this time, but... I have yet to find that or yet to have someone come into my life. And also, I don't really, I don't go nowhere to be seen, so I've been told. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's why I wanted to do the online dating because it's like, okay, I'm not really going nowhere, but I could still be seen and, you know, date or whatever until Miss to my Boaz come around. And um, so I'm doing the work now. I had a really long conversation with God and, you know, I have to work on trusting him because I've noticed in my relationships, I never trust God, even though I said I did. I trust him on some things, but it seemed like with the things that I really want and that I want now, I want to do things my way because like, God, you don't know what you're doing (laughs) when you already going to know the end results, but you know, I'm going to do me and get myself hurt. Um, I lack patience, and I've said that before, because I want what I want. And um, I felt like I didn't deserve someone good because of stuff that I've done. And I can't say, and I know this is going to sound cliche, but I can't say I serve and love a good God and believe that I don't deserve a good man. I deserve that. With all that I've been through in my life, with all that I've had done to me, how I've been to men who didn't deserve me, I deserve someone good who deserve me and know what to do with me. And um, I have to speak that affirmation every day. I have to speak that to existence. Like, ladies and gentlemen, I want to say, I don't care what you've been through in life, that you are worth it you're worth the weight you're deserving do not settle i don't care how hard it gets trust me just listen to these past episodes of what i've been going through if you don't believe me trust me do not settle you're going to regret it you're going to regret it listen to me wait I know it's hard. Trust me, I know it's hard because if it was up to me, I would have a man tomorrow. But it's not. And do the work. When you're not with a person anymore, do the work. Do the work. Heal yourself. Don't jump into another relationship stuff that I've done. Do the work and you're so deserving. You're deserving of a good love. You're deserving of someone that will love you unconditionally with no conditions, will love the life out of you. You know, you're deserving of that. And I have to see that. (laughs) And another thing I have to add um, is that I'm deserving and that I cannot wait to have someone in my life to... um, make me be happy so i'm gonna take a break real quick 
and I'm gonna get back with you because my time is almost up for my recording so I'll be right back have a better recording on my laptop or whatever but it only give you 30 minutes and i thought i was gonna get everything out in 30 minutes but i did not so i had to break it when i'm back but as i was saying that you have to love yourself and this is what i'm learning do not look for your spouse do not look for your boyfriend your girlfriend Beyonce, do not look for them to make you happy. Already be happy with yourself. Do not look for them to make you complete. Listen to me. Because you're going to be disappointed every time. You're going to be hurt every time because you're dealing with a flawed individual. And this is what I'm learning. Happiness begins with me, within me, within destiny. And within you. So... I need you and myself because I ain't all the way there. I'm working on it. Find the happiness within you. We have to stop looking for men and women to fill those voids in our life because each time we're going to be disappointed. And when you're not happy with yourself, you're insecure and you tend to hold on and settle for bull and BS from these men and women out here because you feel like you, can, you you're trying to fill a void and I would say that's the thing that I was dealing with with my ex like you know I'm at a very low place in my life so I want to feel good and just a little bit of him being around and showing me somewhat of attention was filling that void of grief like okay I have him around so I'm not really thinking about my grandmother like that which I thought about her but not like that because I had someone occupying my mind but you know, when it was all over, I'm realizing like, you know, I should not let that take a toll on me the way that it it, it did. But I was allowed, allowed that to happen like that because I was not happy with myself. I was not happy in life. So I settled on some temporary counterfeit to fill a void. And then I ended up upset when it didn't work. <laughs> so... I know now, going forward, whenever I decide to uh, allow someone to pursue me or even be open to dating again, that before I decide to 
date, I need to be happy with me. I need to be content with me and I need to understand that my happiness is not in another person. And I also need to know that completion is in Christ alone. Christ alone. Yes, I'm getting deep. I'm getting biblical scripture, whatever you want to say. I'm a believer. I'm a Christian. So this is my belief. I'm not forcing it on you. I'm just stating what I know to be true to me and what has been working for me and for people that I know. But only God can truly satisfy. Only him. I don't know anybody else. He's the only thing that's not flawed. God knows what you need when you need it. Your husband don't know that. Not saying that he can't satisfy because he can't. But truly satisfy your completion is only in God. Because like I said, if we keep looking for these things in people, we're going to get hurt every single time. Trust me. Trust me. Your happiness needs to be with you and within God. So you don't settle for bull. (laughs) So you don't settle for trash men who don't care about you. You would know your worth. You would know your worth. And I'm like, you know what? Okay, you want to play? You want to do this? Bye. Boy, bye. Let, um, To the left, to the left, or whatever. <laughs> you know, you would just be in such a better place. And I'm speaking from that right now. But I know that's something daily. I'm going to have to speak to myself daily. I'm going to have to say, Destiny, you know what? You're worth it. You're worth it. You're worth it. You're worthy of someone that will love you. You're worthy of good love. You're worthy of a healthy relationship. And one other thing I had to learn, love is not hard and is not confusing. And that was something I had a conversation with O'Neal. I was like, you know what? I was like, love is not like this i kept telling him so i'm trying to express like what love is and he just looking at me not saying nothing but just looking saying he's listening but he really wasn't but anyway i'm like love is not like this love is not hard it's not confusing like i feel confused like one minute i feel like you in love with me the next minute i feel like you i don't know what you doing it's like that's not love i don't know who taught us that love was hard it was them um i got our older people, our grandparents. I know plenty of people who stay married for years in trash marriages. Husbands doing the most. But they were taught once you get married, you stay married. No matter what, you, y'all don't like each other. You could be living in the next house, had a whole man. He got his whole girlfriend. You never divorce. And some people feel like you got to go. I'm not saying you not going to go through stuff in a marriage but it needs to be healthy stuff that you're going through not stuff that's crazy from the jump like you kind of know when it's too much like the cheating and all that and you know you will know (laughs) i can't say exactly what but you will know what you're settling for in a marriage that will have you thinking that love is supposed to be hard it's not love is work that is something that it is but it should not be hard and love will also well you know will have you do the work if you know your spouse like this and you know you know your mate and your boyfriend like that you will 
stop and do things for that person because you love them. Love ain't supposed to be confusing. Like you, if you with somebody that tell you they love you and you confused about their feelings, they don't love you. That ain't love at all. I don't know what it is. You know what it is? It's the other L word. It's lust. <laughs> and yeah, it's definitely lust. So yeah. I know everybody out there right now pumping that uh summer walker. <laughs> music and Adele and they got some stuff up there that's really really good you know I shared the hold on song and my favorite joint off of Summer uh, Walker is Unloyal because I definitely feel everything in that song but um you just have to do the work and I kind of lost my train of thought (laughs) I was going somewhere but me mentioning them kind of lost my train of thought but oh what I was going to say was we're listening to that music and sometimes it's okay and you know kind of feeding your flesh a little bit cause how you want to bust somebody windows out and all this other stuff but I get it but also Sierra has a prayer and I realized that you know what she said some good things but that's her prayer and I have my own personal prayer to God of what I want my husband to be and you know, in my prayer, just as good as Sierra. <laughs> and, you know, you find what you need that'll work for you and talk to God about it. Like, before you do anything, you cannot. That's why I say you cannot say you trust God and don't trust him. Because if God could create man, why wouldn't he create the man and design that person for me? Why would he not? He loves me. He knows exactly what I need. But I have to be patient and wait on the Lord. And you know what? I have to do that. Even though I may be ready for love, I still have to wait on God. And I have to be prayerful about it. And I have to do the work. Because not only is it work leading into healing yourself, it's going to be work once you get into that relationship, that marriage. (sighs) So... Yes. So while I'm waiting, I need to be preparing for what I want. And that's just with anything in life. And um, I hope I didn't bore you too much with this episode. (laughs) I mean, yeah, I just had to get that out there. That just really blessed me. And I had to talk with my best friend and she's happy about my growth. And, you know, Right now, because I'm not in a place of happiness, I did decide to put a pause on on the online dating until I can continue to work on myself because I have to do the work. I want to be happy like Mary J. Blige and that's corny, but anybody that knows me, that is the anthem to my life, my life by Mary J. Blige, like being happy starts within you and that's all i got for y'all see you all next week bye sometimes we get hurt because we're placing the wrong people in the right rooms of our heart And I'll just echo what I stated before. You can be a whole package 
I mean a whole one. But if you end up at the wrong address, the receiver will mishandle you. Why? Because you're at the wrong place. Like misplaced people will really have us out here second guessing ourselves. Misplaced people will really have us out here thinking that we're asking for too much. But truth is they can't offer much. Could the problem be that you're seeking validation from somebody who's not even valid for your destiny? So now I have heartache because I keep misplacing people. Pain prevention is tied to people being properly placed. So I believe we have partners, parasites, projects, and pawns. Your projects, these are people you just help. Like we are not looking to build a bond. I'm looking where to place bricks. We are building something. I am in your life simply to help, not to date you. You don't date projects. This is just an assignment, not an alignment. And my sisters have a higher probability of misplacing people when it comes to this category because you have been wired to help. That pain hits different when you're helping somebody that's not going to be yours. This is why knowing your value is so important before they arrive. Because if you helping them gives you significance, you risk confusing your contribution as confirmation. This is God's will. This was meant to be, not necessarily. This is somebody that you just help. When you understand and know your value, you know there is a level of help that you only will get when you call me wife and I call you husband, period. There are levels to help and that level of help that only comes when I'm your wife. We're building something, not bonding something. Number two, parasites. Your parasitic people, they live off of you. Their survival is off of draining you. I want you to actually think of a parasite, think of a leech. They attach themselves to host. You give me life. This is a reason why a lot of exes keep coming back because you helped me be sustained. I lived off of you. And when you get the understanding and wisdom on when somebody is parasitic and you establish boundaries or even separate yourself from a relationship, don't feel bad. Never feel bad for severing a relationship when it was God who handed you the scissors. And you don't have to get them back. Resist vengeance. Because if we be honest, if you were to give them a taste of their medicine, oh, they would swear that you poisoned them. This type of relationship, they will be careless while you're stressed out. Like, why is your problem bothering me more than it's bothering you? Parasites will constantly place you in recovery season after recovery season if you let them. And why do we entertain them? The trap of potential. They have so much potential. I, I see so much potential in them. We don't go off of potential. We go off of fruit. Potential is a trap because you are never promised that that is going to transition from potential to kinetic. Potential is possible fruit. Fruit is potential in action. We don't go off of potential, go off of fruit. Now, pawns, pawns are sent by the enemy to disturb your inner me, your inner peace, your inner confidence, their inner joy, they disturb peace. You can always tell when something is sent by the enemy because it steals something, kills something, and destroys something. They come in your life for one reason and one reason only, to make you miscarry. And partners, partners are people who help you constantly evolve. Like ever since you came into their life or they came into your life, both of you are experiencing an evolution. 
This isn't one-sided where you're just evolving them and they don't evolve you. There has been an activation of evolution ever since their arrival. And when we can't discern partners from projects, from ponds, from parasites, in the condominium of our heart, we risk placing the partner in the basement and the parasite in the suite.